Welcome to the Friday Night Clive podcast with me, Clive Payne. In this podcast, we look back at the amazing charities, organisations and people we have chatted to over the past few months, all of whom have interesting and important stories to tell. If you go into the woods today, well, Nottingham Forest, you'll be in for a rather big surprise. What's the surprise? Well, I'm going to blow that illusion now. A robotic ranger dog. Yes, you have heard me correctly. But what is it and why is it roaming a forest and what relevance does that have to us here in the black country? To tell me more about this futuristic robot dog, I'm joined in the studio by Toifik Ashari and Moed Idrissi, both from Birmingham City University. Good evening, both. Good evening. Thank Good you. Evening. Thank you very much for joining me. Um, now, as I say, you work with Birmingham City University. Tell me about your backgrounds first of all. Okay, so my name is Tafika Shari. So I'm associate professor in networks and communications. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, uh, I'm leading the uh, from the academic point of view uh, the projects on the five G connected forest project. Wow, so that's really quite quite high tech. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, I hope yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Mohan? What are you doing? Um, I'm a research associate uh, at Birmingham City University, so my field of ex- expertise is uh, robotics, control and automation. Do you know, I was watching uh, BBC Breakfast News this morning and there was a journalist that they sent to a big warehouse for a large pharmaceutical chain and they showed you these robot trolleys yeah. that were actually picking the goods effectively off the shelves and they, and they had these containers in them. And, the, you know, it's no, completely automated. And if you stood in front of them, they would, they would stop. Um, you know, they follow a track along the floor. And that's how the picking's done for online orders. I found that extraordinary. I mean, I have seen things before like that, but I thought that was quite a, quite a fantastic concept. How much do you think robotics is now starting to play a part in our everyday lives? Yeah, I mean, um, over the past decades, you, you barely heard of them. Uh, when you say the word robotics, you're like, oh, what does that really mean? But like now, um, technology has immensely developed over the years. And um, if, if you see, robotics are currently being applied in many, many applications, many use cases as well. So over the years, I think that, you know, nowadays robotics is becoming the thing that can uh, make life easy for 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 any for any any sort of job that needs to be done so like the example that you mentioned which you've seen today in the morning um uh, ro- the use of robots the, the whole aim of a robot is to do a job autonomously and safely that's key isn't it safely i think people are scared of them because they think you know they'll run you over if, if there's something like that but clearly they won't because they, they have software built in uh, that that you know they're, they're not going to run into you. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, I, I've met this lady in in a conference uh, the other day, and one question she asked me, she was like, "They look scary. Are they are they actually safe?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course they are, because they are. at the end of the day, I am the person who programmed that robot, and I know exactly how that robot reacts and how it works. Now, just because it's doing certain moves that um, that is realistic." People think that it is capable of doing a lot more than it can, but you can only do that when the programmer makes it do those mm. certain certain things. So they are safe at the end of the day. I truly believe they are. I mean, like, and, and anything yeah. you do, you, you know, it gets tested and tested and tested, and you know, you have all your fail safes in, as, as we've just been saying. Yeah. But now you're you're here to talk about forest ranger robot dogs. Um, so Tofik, tell me about that. Sure. Um, so when we 
we are participating in this uh, project, 5G Connected Projects. One of the uh, applications that we are trying to explore is the environmental management, how we manage the forest in, in a way that we can uh, interact with the forest in a sustainable way. Uh, one of the uh, big challenges will be collecting the data from the forest because uh, the predominant approach will be around uh, manual collections and that can take times, uh, less efficient, sometimes can be dangerous depending on the weather. So we are thinking if we can build a kind of a technology in which we can uh, automate it, uh, do the data collections uh, in more uh, automatic way, in more... Um, time-efficient way. So, in a way, like uh, with this robot, uh, we, we will achieve the autonomy to some extent. Mm -hmm. At the same time, we can uh, collect the data uh, at more uh, rapid pace. At the same time, we'll have more data that we can then analyze uh, later. And we will also involve the traditional or the uh, current Uh, users of the forest to be able to get involved in analyzing the data as well. And do they look like actual dogs? I mean, we're referring to them as dogs, so they do look like a canine. Kind of dog, I would say. <laughs> but uh, what we are... Actually, um, we are utilizing the features of the dog because the dog itself is quite agile in movement. Uh, it can uh, access the area, which may be difficult to be accessed by the human. Mm -hmm. So that's when we we can leverage this functionality mm -hmm. in terms of getting the data to an area where it may be a bit more challenging for human to go through. So, for example, an area where it has uh, lower three characteristics. Uh, so with that, if we have to involve human, then human has to kind of you know sit down, maybe uh, go uh, to the area with. Uh, maybe not uh, like a l less safe environment mm -hmm. for them to collect the data. So this dog can actually offer the alternative in the sense that it can reach those areas which may be a bit dangerous for a human to, to reach. But forests generally do not have an even terrain, do they? You know, they're undulating. So yeah. how robust is the robot? <laughs> There you go. I mean, uh, we have tested this robot recently. Um, I think it was a month ago. We went to um, Sherwood Forest and we took the robot dog that we currently have in our lab and the what we what we've done is we uh, allowed it to kind of move in different terrains so we, initially it walked on the footpath uh, done that successfully then we sent it on the on the side of the road um you know like where there is like um grass areas it done that successfully and then we tested it within an area where there was a couple of logs around mm -hmm. and the robot just literally just walked over them and it didn't even hesitate hesitate to drop literally yeah F fascinating and I, i mean but why did you decide on on a dog why not a cat and why not a um oh crumbs a fox yes. you know whatever i mean the way the robots are structured there are various types out there and It, depending on the application that we are looking into, we have to select the right robot system for that. Mm. And we believe that the robot dog is the most suitable one because because of its because of the way it was structured. Now, the robot itself, at the end of the day, it just consists of a couple of motors that are connected to uh, to, to uh, basically other to rods. Mm -hmm. So the rods are connected to servo motors, and these motors then allow you to create a motion similar to a 
robotic dog. So, I mean, maybe we could have called it a robotic cat, but obviously a dog <laughs> is much more aggressive. So, <laughs> And it does look scary. So, so when yeah. you set them going in the forest, you know, are you nearby, as you say, gathering the data, controlling them, or are they sort of controlled by satellite? And are, are you just not present? That if somebody just leaves them and they go about their business for a day and so on and so forth? Yeah, so I think... <clears throat> at the moment, like obviously, we talk about the safety of the robot earlier. So one of the things that we are currently doing is to be able to control uh, manually through the remote controller. Uh, however, we also are working around achieving a certain autonomy because we want the robot to be able to, to gather the data to do the surveying of the forest in an area that we defined before. So with that, we can actually uh, achieve those autonomy by instructing the robot to move uh, around a certain path and stop after the task is being completed. So we are looking at the different options. Obviously, we'll try to be as much as possible automated robot, but we also want to achieve the safety at the same time. Sure. So we, we are basically guided with this to a kind of functionality which we consider in the design of the functionality. See, of the my robot. thought process was that if you set these dogs going autonomously in the forest and you're not present, you know, what, what, what are passers-by going to think? What are other dogs going to think, you know, are they going to think, oh, it's a bit of all right, you know, and, and it tries to get a little bit over-arduous with it. I mean... <laughs> uh, amorous, right? Yeah. So, the last time we visited the forest, um, actually, we the, the robot dog was um, next to an area where there's a couple of ducks around, and we thought that would be a very good opportunity because we didn't actually even move the, the, the robot. It literally, we just placed it there, we turned it on, and obviously, when you start it up, it, we just, it, just, it just stands up, and immediately the ducks didn't even react to it and then we tried to allow it you know to just make it step a little bit and the ducks didn't even bother it's like it's like animals can can sense when there is um, a danger around them and i think the way obviously they noticed that there is something there but like if there if if there was if it was a human I think they would react differently to how the dog, you know, how I think, it was. I think also there, real yeah. animals and humans give off pheromones, which are perceived yeah. and, you know, re yeah. received rather by other animals. What colour are these dogs? Black. Okay. <laughs> Easy <laughs> as that, yeah. So, black, black. You, know, you haven't sort of painted them bright red or, or green or I mean, something. I mean, like. we could have, but it doesn't yeah, really it's, represent... It's kind of also integrate well with nature i would say so when yes. we see the uh, the robot dog moving around the environment we see that actually it blends very well rather than with yeah uh, What's, what what reaction have you had from members of the public who have been uh, sort of walking oh their own God. dogs or whatever and they see these robots oh I, I assume yeah. they move fairly slowly or, or they're about the normal speed of, of, a, of a dog the the normal speed of a dog is the robot dog itself is uh, identical to a human being walking Oh, okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we also have a smaller dog in the uh, in the lab, which has recently arrived, and that is quite fast. So it, it's it's basically the double speed of the robot dog that we previously had. So mm. the new one that just arrived is can actually uh, carry out the double speed sure. of that. Yeah, and I mean in terms of uh, the the people when they were walking past, it caught loads of attention. Like I have not had a single person who just walked right past it and didn't even have a look at it. Like every person that walked past had to stop and ask, <laughs> what is that thing doing there? <laughs> so Has anybody tried to stroke them? <laughs> <laughs> we did, actually, we did. <laughs> we did, yeah. No, it, it can do like a very interesting maneuver. For example, mm. like a rollover and all this, yeah. this type and... Uh, adjusting the ang ang angle of its Does body. Does it cock its leg? If yeah. it's male? 
<laughs> well, Good we, questions, we haven't, actually. We haven't, we haven't tried to... So we explore that. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that that's, that's something for, when you're back at, uh, back at the university. Yeah, with, we with can explore computer. that, yeah. Now, you've got other organisations working as part of this project with you, haven't you? Who are they? Yeah, so uh, basically we are the uh, academic lead for this project and actually there is actually more like a project lead for this project, uh, which is the Nottinghamshire County Council. And then we are also working with the, another university, Nottingham Trent University. We are also working with, because it's 5G, so we are working with the network operator, a small network operator, I think Netmore. Uh, and we also work with the SME in Nottinghamshire, which is uh, GUI. Mm-hmm. So we, I think uh, overall we have about uh, 5 to 10 uh, partners within the consortium. So we try to deliver the um, different digital opportunity to the rural environment. In, in this case, will be the forestry area. Right. Tell me about the 5G Connected Forest Project, because that, that, that sort of encompasses this, doesn't it? Ex- expand on that for me. Sure. Uh, so 5G Connected Forest is a project that is executed by a consortium led by the Nottinghamshire County Council. The idea is that how we can uh, promote the rural area in terms of digital connectivity, uh, particularly around the visitor economy and also the environmental management. Uh, we have partners working on building the network itself, which is Netmore. We have the uh, partner working on the visitor experience, such as creating the um, creating the VR experience mm-hmm. through the video uh, that also incorporates the Nottingham uh, Nottinghamshire icon, uh, Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. We also have partner who is working on the uh, outdoor visitor experience, uh, such as the uh, treasure hunting games, etc., which is executed by the uh, Nottingham Trent University. And we, uh, from Birmingham City University, we are working on the environmental management, how we utilize these uh, digital technologies such as robot and also drone. So we, at the, at the same time as, as robot, we also have drone that also monitor the uh, health status of the forest through mm-hmm. the aerial observation. I mean... <laughs> It might sound like a gimmick to some people, and but really it's an important environmental project, this, isn't it, if you think about it? Because the data that you collect from that, what will happen to it? Okay, so uh, the data we, we do processing, so one of the area we are looking at, we are looking at uh, different use cases or applications. So one is the uh, forest ranger, which is particularly done by the robot. And then we also have the forest manager, which try to make sense of the data and develop something that can can help the job of the uh, forest manager. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, the two functionalities that we are exploring is the uh, person detection. So if we have to detect the missing person, we can then deploy this uh, wow. drone and robot with the appropriate uh, sensing devices to detect the presence of, of the individual. Uh, and then we also look at the uh, search and rescue activity. So how these detections can happen almost instantaneously and then how that the data can be used by uh, stakeholders to provide certain measure in order to rescue the persons or provide a certain uh, first aid kit and so on and so forth. So we can utilize this data in a different way. We also monitor the health status of the forest. So how we can detect the different tree species, how we can detect if there are new species not native to the forest, because that means some changes happening on the forest and there needs to be something to be done with regard to that non-native species Mm -hmm. to conserve the forest. What made you choose Nottingham Forest over anywhere else? Uh, 
Well, I think one of the reasons will be the the ancient signature of the forest. So the forest that we select is the uh, Sherwood Forest, which which is believed to be the forest where Robin Hood, Robin Hood was based during mm-hmm. the during the era. Uh, however, actually, the functionality we do uh, can be quite flexible in a different type of uh, of envir- forestry environments. One thing that I want to highlight is because of this ancient nature of the forest, we cannot do intrusive sensing. So, which means that uh, whatever sensing that we need to do has to be done from the distance because we do not want to damage the trees, yeah. we do not want to disturb the birds, we do not want to distract the wildlife which are present in mm-hmm. the in the area. So. Actually, this will be relevant to any other forest with a similar kind of characteristics where we need to protect, where it may have like endangered species, where it may have a certain characteristic in which we cannot do the monitoring directly on the tree or on the on the ground of the forest itself. If this works, will you introduce robot dogs to other forests? Certainly, yes, we are. We are actually open to uh, the uh, applications of those uh, technology to different uh, parts of the forest. Uh, Mm-hmm. be it in Nottinghamshire or in different counties in the UK. Now, I've got to ask you this. Have your dogs got a name? Um, I don't think a name has been decided yet. So in Nottingham, uh, one of the schools, or all the schools are actually competing. Um, on. I think the deadline is the 11th of December. Yeah, so there is a competition yeah. to name a robot. And <laughs> the winner, I think, later on the plan is to, to have an opportunity to take a picture with the, the with robot, the robot dog, <laughs> I think. Well, when it gets named, um, drop me an email or drop drop my producer an email and we'll we'll, uh, we'll read that out and we'll follow that story oh, up, which yeah, should be quite yeah, sure, fun. No sure. problem. <laughs> now, now, obviously, the, this is costing a fair old amount of money. How is it being funded? Uh, yeah, so the consortium, as I uh, spoke earlier about the project, uh, so we received the uh, funding from UK DCMS, mm-hmm. so Department of Digital uh, Culture, Media and Sport. Uh, we uh, so the the funding is also being matched by each of the uh, partner participating partners, um, depending on their uh, status. If it is SME, there are certain contribution. If it is uh, council, there could be some contribution. If it is university, it may have different contribution. So it's basically the primary funding coming from the government, but at the same time, it's also being matched by the participating organisations at the different levels, depending on their organisation status. Tell me finally about the Arrow Through Time reality experience. What's that all about? Okay, so that is actually the uh, uh, applications being developed by one of our partners, uh, which is GUI. So they are working on creating a movie, interactive holographic movie, Mm -hmm. uh, which will utilize the powers of 5G. And uh, with that movie, uh, we'll have the ability to interact with the virtual objects being created within that movie. Uh, so we'll have like AR, VR devices maybe uh, being aware by uh, whoever want to see the movie. And through that, uh, devices will have the ability to interact with whatever objects being presented mm-hmm. in that movie. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, as far as I can remember, there is actually an opportunity to... Uh, to touch a certain uh, animals within that movie and there is also like a certain Robin Hood characters within that movie as well. So how to visualize Robin Hood uh, in real life through movie and also providing the interactions and utilizing the benefits of high-speed 5G connectivity to facilitate those interactions. Going back to the, the concept of the dog, I just wonder as the technology evolves over the coming time, 
do you think it's reasonable that people who have um, who are a sight impaired that have guide dogs or assistance dogs, therapy dogs, do you think that there's a, a market for robotics to take over? Yeah, definitely. So, adding to what Tofik has said, um, once we kind of presented that robot dog and in, in the, on the launch date. We've had a number of companies that have approached us and asked us um, if this, if that robot dog is useful for a certain application. Um, I personally think that that is a great idea. Of course, it can be implemented because at the end of the day, that robot can move autonomously. We have tested it using different sensors so that, you know, as the robot moves, it can detect its surrounding environments and you can allow it to kind of go to a certain, um, to navigate to a certain point in, in, an, in an area so a lot it can do a lot of things so if it, like the like the application you mentioned or the use case that you mentioned it's I think it is implementable definitely yeah I think uh, in the future perhaps what we want to see is more interactions between robots and humans because uh, I think this technology will be inevitable in the future and we, we all actually see it maybe we don't call it robot but actually all these moving arms in the manufacturing floors mm. in uh, maybe airports so these are actually robot by concept yeah definitely. even like the drone itself is actually aerial robotics so yeah. yes so yeah. yeah so i think the technology will be inevitable i think the big questions will be how the uh, public acceptance will be increasing with the technology obviously we need to make sure that the technology is safe to use we need to make sure that it is ethical uh, so all uh, the research that we are doing, you know, we need to to make sure this different aspect being captured mm. yeah. within the development. Yeah, I think one of the challenges that um, you know we face currently is is to satisfy people to say, you know, what this robot is it safe or not? That's the main question now, and um, I think once once this question is answered and people are happy to be around these robots, then you know they can they can be implemented really anywhere to be honest because i believe that technology within robotics has already reached a really really high stage well they use them in hospital these days and you know they can use a joystick and they have a multi-limb robot that can perform you know things uh, all sorts of complicated surgery without the surgeon actually needing to be right over the patient and exactly. you see things like that on television yeah. and, you know and, yeah. and they perform many successful operations yeah. like that with the reliability and the stability of the technology indeed this is where actually 5g uh 5G and the future network come into play and actually one of the early uh, explorations of 5G in China actually utilizing this remote surgery uh, obviously they are doing it uh, through the animal not human being sure so uh, they test out the latency because latency is very critical how these uh, robotic arms legs motors can be controlled close to real time mm-hmm. um, any any delay could actually impact the uh, ability to to operate in the hospital setting. The other area that we are looking at, maybe maybe in terms of surgery, it may take some time until it gets the the uh, wider acceptance. But sure. maybe even like doing like regular jobs uh, that can help the nursing uh, in terms of providing the support to the patients. I think that may be a way to go as well uh, in terms of providing, especially in the COVID. Covid era, where you know um, the uh, the condition of the environment is very critical. Sure. People are conscious about the how uh, hygiene the area mm-hmm. is. Maybe instead of sending people, then we can send robots over there. And the ability to do the real time streaming could be a way to unlock all this potential. Where can we find out more information about the dogs? 
Welcome to our lab. Yeah, I mean, Birmingham, we are based in Birmingham City University. So there'll be something on the university website, will there? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, I mean, there are some uh, press release about the launch of the robot dogs, especially mm-hmm. uh, during the first launch in the event being organized by the council. I think we may have a certain launch date as well uh, from the university in the next yeah. uh, couple of, of months or so. So there will be plenty of uh, activities So as, as, as uh, we try to explore. We try to utilize uh, this robot in a wide range of applications. So this is something that you know we are quite excited to to see the development forward. Yeah. Tofik Ashari and Moed Idnisi, thank you very much for talking to Friday Night Live. That is your lot for this episode. You can catch the program live every Friday night on Black Country Radio from 8 p.m. If you like our podcast, please subscribe by heading to blackcountryradio.co.uk forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast from. See you very soon. This is a Black Country Radio podcast presented by Clive Payne and produced by Andy Caddick. <laughs>